The show you love with even more local, local news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Tuesday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation. Happy to be back with you. Many thanks to our our good friend Ed Parco for filling in as a guest host yesterday on Monday. Ed, of course, the, the host of Real Estate Jerky on the weekends. Uh, Again, uh, thanks to you, Ed. Always appreciate your availability. And uh, how are we doing this Tuesday? It is T-minus 35 days and counting. T-minus 35 days and counting until November 8. And again, I believe this is going to be a crucial election. My metaphor is uh, we're in a car speeding towards the edge of a cliff, uh, of a cliff, and on November 8, either we're going to slam on the brakes, come short of that precipice, and slam that thing into reverse, back up, start hitting in the right direction, or we may well fall off that cliff. Going to be a critical election, and we will provide the coverage for you, as we always do here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360. KFIV. A quick uh, note, uh, many of you probably have heard about uh, the kidnapping that occurred uh, uh, within Merced County. Apparently, they have identified a suspect uh, in the kidnapping of a Merced County family of four. This is uh, absolutely astounding. Apparently, they have a photo of this uh, jerk who is believed to be armed and dangerous. Jerk is a theological term. Authorities say the family was taken from a business yesterday near the 800 block of South Highway 59 in South Merced. And they say the missing family includes eight-month-old Aruhi Derry, her mother, 27-year-old Jasleen Carr, her uh, 36-year-old father, uh, Jazz Deep Singh and um, an uncle, uh, 39-year-old uh, Amandeep Singh. And again, apparently they do have a photograph, uh, apparently, uh, or at least an identification of that suspect. Uh, earlier, investigators were, uh, as they're looking for the family, Sheriff Vern uh, Warnke uh, asked for the public's help in trying to locate this family and definitely locate the suspect. Uh, These are his comments earlier today. We have a lowlife out there that kidnapped an eight-month-old baby, her mom, her dad, and her uncle. So far, we have no idea why the kidnapping. We have no motivation behind it. So they have a, a photo, apparently. They believe him to be armed and dangerous, this suspect. And uh, anyone with information... Uh, encouraged to uh, contact Merced County Sheriff's Office. Again, uh, Merced County Sheriff Vernon Warnke. Ask for your help in trying to locate the family that's been kidnapped and also possibly identify the suspect in this kidnapping. And as is with any case like this, law enforcement appreciates any help that you can provide. It's imperative that we get some information on this. So far as I know, no contact has been made 
nor ransom demands, nothing from the suspects in this. Uh, just uh, puzzling and troubling at the same time. Uh, it just seems to be the way our world is uh, today, isn't it? Uh, so again, what they're recommending, is, if you have Facebook, is if you have information, contact Merced County Sheriff's Department on their Facebook page is the information that I have that I have here. Uh, we have been looking at uh, gas prices. Of course, my my wife texted me about forty five minutes ago with with one of those uh, kind of red mm, frowny emoji faces and. Uh, Gas prices went up for her at least a dollar since last week. They're up nationally for the third straight week. AAA saying uh, the average payment at the pump is now three eighty a gallon in California. We would love it to be three eighty a gallon, wouldn't we? That's up six cents from last week. Apparently, if you want the cheapest gas in the country, you have to go to Mississippi. They're uh, three oh six a gallon. And California's average price, apparently, uh, for regular, has spiked to six forty-one a gallon. Unbelievable, just unbelievable. And uh, but that it's it's where we are today, isn't it? It's where we are. And, and, and again, as I said, it's uh, T-minus thirty-five days and counting. So important that we start chipping away at this by showing up to the polls and making our voices known at the ballot box, which is no longer the ballot box, but as they say, we have to play the hand that we are dealt. So, again, so important for us to, uh, to be able to exercise that, uh, that right. You know, and, and I understand, I understand some say, gee, I, it's, it's no use. There's no point. It won't do any good. Well, See, see, the problem is if enough people don't vote, then the opposition wins. And right now, the opposite—it's—it's it's not just political opposition. It is a socialist slash Marxist opposition that is out to, in its <clears throat> woke way, destroy the very fabric of what makes America work. And the things that make America work also help America write the ship from time to time. We start to list one side to the other. Uh, we hit rough seas, but you see with the, with the tenets that we have from the Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence, we're able to make those mid-course corrections. You know, when, they, when, when you're going to travel somewhere a long way, you have to make, you have to make mid-course corrections, and uh, and we do that. But we can't do that. There will be no more mid-course corrections if the current opposition to the Constitution and to the American fabric continue. There, there, will, there will be no more ways to right the ship because we will be robbed of our vote. We will be robbed of our First Amendment rights to speak out. And you say, oh, Mike, no, come on, you're being overly dramatic. No, no, not at all. For example, for example, 
California doctors who spread misinformation about COVID-19 now, thanks to Governor Newsom and our uh, supermajority legislature, may be disciplined by state medical boards and may risk losing their licenses for having a different opinion than the state has. And this was Assembly Bill 2098, sponsored by Assemblymember Evan Lowe. And it says, basically, spreading COVID-19 misinformation or disinformation is, quote, end quote, unprofessional conduct. And that's used in the Medical Practice Act to describe conduct where disciplinary action is warranted. You see, we're, we're already, we, we are robbing doctors, physicians, medical profession, professionals from the right to have a different opinion. That is a violation of the Constitution. And yet, Governor Gavin Newsom signed it into law. What does that tell you about Governor Gavin Newsom? What does it tell you about Governor Gavin Newsom? I don't care whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or you're registered from the planet Zarkon. To me, that's evil. It's just evil to rob the scientific and medical community from the right to exercise their freedom of speech. And that's happening more and more now. And again, November 8th, 35 days away, it's our opportunity to start chipping away at this. Well, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. In spite of the fact that mortgage rates are increasing and they're impacting home sales, and even that the Wall Street Journal reports home sales are down an average of 20% from this time last year, There's a guy we can go to who can set us a steady course if we need to sell our property. He's the only agent I would trust with selling my own home during a market slowdown. His name, Dan Phipps. That's right. Look, do you have a, are you worried about leaving money on the table? Do you worry about, gee, I don't know if I can get top dollar for my home. These are legitimate questions now. Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps, his proprietary marketing system. It guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control with no required costly repairs. I love this. No long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. William. In Modesto, had a rental property, property, and he needed to cash out as soon as possible. A high price was William's first priority, but he had a tenant and couldn't fix the place up for a bigger price. Well, Dan Phipps says, look, I think we can get what we need regardless. So Dan marketed the place hard, and he sold it for the same price as similar homes that had been upgraded in the area. How about that? Dan Phipps is good. Let me tell you. So call him. Call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. I'd hire him.
hire him to sell my home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111 or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three P's, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S. .com. Mike Douglas Show returns in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon. Did you know it's, uh, I've heard it's National Taco Day. Well, that's good because every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. At the Douglas household, after I leave the clandestine Mike Douglas Show studios here, I uh, head home to the kitchen and um, make my trademark tacos, which uh, we enjoy every Tuesday. Don't come by, though, because I've only got enough for uh, my wife and I tonight. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm happy it's na- it'll fit right in. National Taco Day, that's good, because it's Taco Tuesday every Tuesday. Here at uh, here at the Douglas home, I want to go back and and talk about this horrible bill that Governor Newsom so dutifully signed. Again, California doctors, who, in the opinion of the state and California medical board, spread quote misinformation end quote about COVID nineteen, could be disciplined by state medical boards, even risk losing their licenses under this new law by Gavin Newsom. Do, do, you, see, do, do you see what's happening here? Is there any mystery to this? California is becoming the United Socialist Republic of California. I exaggerate not. We, we can't disagree with the state anymore. Now, scientists and physicians, I mean, the, the marketplace of ideas is what has helped America be America. But you see, government in Washington, D.C. and in California, I was going to say are slowly chipping away at that. They're not, no longer slowly chipping away at it. This is an outright assault on the Constitution, on the freedom of speech, on the marketplace of ideas. One of the ways that we progress in science and and medicine is to have differing opinions so that we can, well, let's explore that. Is that correct or is it not? But no more, no more. Now the state is going to to determine what is right or what is wrong, what is true or what is false. We are in a bad situation here. And again, 35 days to go. I don't tell you what to do. I'm just imploring you that your vote will count. And we must rise up in mass. And no longer as Republicans or Democrats or independents or whatever. We need to rise up as rational people who believe in the constitutional rights that we have been given in the U.S. Constitution and say, no, no more, Gavin Newsom, 
no more supermajority in Sacramento, no more Joe Biden, no more Vice President Harris. Vice President Harris is time and time again, and now apparently in, in her world, that priority when you're rescuing people from a hurricane has to be given to people with certain skin colors. I want to tell you, as someone who spent many years of my life in local, state, and federal search and rescue operations, when you're out there rescuing people, you don't care what their skin color is. You don't even know what the, you don't even make a note of their skin color. You go and you rescue people because they're living, breathing human beings. Vice President Harris, that was a shameful comment. And it just shows where you're at. Our president is incompetent. Well, that's kind of harsh, Mike. No, it's it's now fact. We see it. It can no longer be debated. And and so we must turn the ship around, and it doesn't matter what political party. It is no longer about party politics. It, it is no longer about that. I, I, I would love to return to the day when... Republicans and Democrats can sit down and look at an issue and say, we agree with the final destination, but we disagree on how to get there. Gone are those days. Now the final destination is is no longer agreeable. The final destination is so radically different on so many different subjects. It is We are no longer in a day when Republicans and Democrats can sit down and have a rational debate. It's gone. It's done. Why? Because the Democratic Party has been hijacked by this woke, socialist, Marxist culture. It's been hijacked. And I, I would love to return to the days of the Tip O'Neills and and the Joe Liebermans where we could disagree on, on some fine points. We could disagree perhaps on strategies on how to get there. But we always said the Constitution is the Constitution. No longer... And it's, it's been a slow, plodding, chipping away at it. And, and now we're beaten. Now what's happened is they've, they've scraped beyond the epidermis, and now they're getting under the skin, and we're starting to bleed. It's time to stop the bleeding. And th- there, is, there is no rehabilitation for the Gavin Newsoms and the Joe Bidens and the Kamala Harrises nor the people who are in charge in their cabinets and their appointees. How much do we have to see today to convince us that they're destroying what we hold dear, and that's the Constitution? The marketplace of ideas is no longer. Now, Evan, <clears throat> Mr. Musk, Elon Musk, is making a good run at this, and I, 
I hope he takes his billions, and I hope he does settle with Twitter, and that he makes it a place where there will be a true marketplace of ideas. It is not that at the moment. Facebook certainly isn't. And now we're saying that doctors in California can't have a different opinion. Article here says a new law would punish doctors who spread, quote, false information to their patients about COVID-19 by allowing the Medical Board of California and the Osteopathic Medical Board of California to take enforcement action. They could lose their licenses. Now, Governor Gavin Newsom says he approved the bill, quote, because it's narrowly tailored to apply only to those egregious instances in which a licensee is acting with malicious intent or clearly deviating from the required standard of care. He said now that there are some concerns about the chilling effect of similar laws they could have on physicians who need to be able to talk with patients about risks and benefits. How many of you believe that? Sorry, Governor, don't buy it. Don't buy it. He's confident that discussing emerging ideas or treatments, including the subsequent risks and benefits, does not constitute misinformation or disinformation under this bill's criteria. I think he's lying. What do you think? Talk about it more. 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we tackle the issues of the day that uh, are pretty disturbing today, my friends, but we nevertheless, and they can make as many laws as they want. They can threaten us as much as they want. We will continue uh, until or if we are somehow silenced forcibly, we will continue to provide a live and local forum for you to freely express your thoughts, and I shall continue to freely express my thoughts. And our thanks to iHeartMedia for allowing us to have that privilege here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So we will continue to uh, engage in the true spirit of the Marketplace of Ideas Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on The Mike Douglas Show. And I so much thank you for your willingness to engage in that process. Uh, Let me close out this uh, discussion about this horrible law that Gavin Newsom signed in. It it, it really is... uh, If you want to talk about government overreach, this isn't even government overreach. This really is indicative of a totalitarian state where doctors, now physicians, are not allowed to have different opinions than the state of California. That's that's the basic issue here. So the, uh, the Federation of States, State Medical Boards released a statement warning physicians in California 
who participate in what they deem to be disseminating false information that they could risk losing their license. That's the intent of the legislation. California Medical Association wrote this. This will give you comfort. Do you, what, how, how much confidence do you have in the California Medical Association? Well, listen to this. Quote, the COVID-19 pandemic has unfortunately led to increasing amounts of misinformation and disinformation related to the disease, including how the virus is transmitted, promoting untested treatments and cures, calling into question public health efforts such as masking and vaccinations. Don't worry about the facts. Ignore the facts. Do not look behind the curtain. Mm-mm-mm. Not allowed to do that. Just be good lemmings. Just be good peasants and serfs. And never question what we say here at the state level. That's what they're saying. <clears throat> Continuing their quote, many health professionals, including physicians, have been the culprits of this misinformation and disinformation effort. Really? And what effort? What exactly is that disinformation? Hmm? Well, fortunately, there are people, there are groups that are opposing the bill, but it's too late. It's been signed into law, so I'm hoping there will be lawsuits. Californians for Good Governance said the bill is based on concerns about its unconstitutional restrictions on free speech. Yep, uh, we agree with that. So uh, there we go. The United Socialist Republic of California is at work again. And if we don't stand up and say enough's enough and exercise our legal rights within the legal boundaries that we have, we will continue on this 65-mile-an-hour course to run this car off the cliff of California. And it's the supermajority legislature and Governor Gavin Newsom that are leading the charge off that cliff. Now, what, what do you think are the major issues coming up in 35 days? Let, let's review that. We mentioned this last week. A, um, a survey that was done by Washington Post and ABC News about the midterms. What are the top concerns people are... What are the top concerns you're thinking about? See if they match up. Number one, either the single most important issue or a very important issue was the economy. And by the way, before we go today, I've got some comments from Charles Payne. I'm going to share... Charles Payne is... is You know, there's some men that I, I trust when it comes to economics. I was a liberal arts major. I took macroeconomics. I wish I had taken more courses in economics. I've got a book that's about four inches thick by Thomas Sowell that is absolutely incredible. So guys like Thomas Sowell, Larry Kudlow, and 
and Charles Payne. These are men that I believe have their heads screwed on straight and can give us the straight scoop on the economy, but even more importantly, can make it understandable even to a pastor like me. And that's, that's, that's some doing when it comes to uh, economics. Anyway, we'll hear from Charles Payne here uh, uh, before we uh, sign off today. So the economy is number one in this survey. 85% of the respondents said either that's the most single most important uh, issue or it's very important. Number two was a tie between inflation and crime. 78% said inflation or crime uh, are, are the top uh, in their minds. Number three was education in schools. Number four was abortion. 62% said abortion's either the single most important issue or at least very important. Number five, immigration. And uh, down at the bottom of the Top six or seven here is climate change, 50%. That was an interesting split. All right, so, so here's the rankings again in order. The economy, inflation and crime, education and schools, abortion, immigration, and climate change. Now, in this survey, do you see anywhere here concern that doctors should be shut down and their voices silenced if they don't agree with the government. I, I don't see this anywhere at all here. Well, why is that, Mike? That, that's because in California, the Sacramento powers that be, the elites, couldn't care less. They have demonstrated that they couldn't care less what you and I think. I have arrived at that conclusion. They can't possibly enact so many horrid laws, abominable laws, and have a conscience. I don't believe they care what you and I think. And Governor Gavin Newsom is very adept at tap dancing around the issues and wordsmithing it to obfuscate what's really going on. Well, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And so I, I encourage you, I implore you, dare I say, beg you, please vote on November 8. That car is speeding towards the precipice of the cliff, and I really do believe if we don't show up in force, and I'm not telling you how to vote, I'm just saying please vote because I'm confident that all of you are very intelligent. You will process the information that you get, and you will make a right call, either on November 8th or whenever you get your ballots for November 8th. And I know many of you are worried about, well, the system is against us. Let's overwhelm the system. And I have confidence in the fact that you will make the right decisions. But we must show up. I am aghast. And I'm not criticizing any of you if you have not voted in the past. But we are on the precipice of, of losing our rights. 
we are on the precipice of becoming a socialist, a Marxist model state in California. They're chipping away at our rights, left and right, no pun intended, and we must respond. So again, I implore you to vote. Is that strong enough? Can I say it any stronger and still be polite? Probably not, but I I try to always be polite. So there we go. All right, uh, coming up, I'd, I'd like to give you a, a few nuggets of wisdom from Charles Payne, incredible economist. And again, I, I think one of the things that I so much appreciate about him is he's able to bring things down, complex issues into relatively simple explanations. And I, I'm looking forward to hearing this again, and I, I'm looking forward to share it with you, to share it with you. I believe this is one of the best articulations of where we are with today's economy, and I think it will lend credence to why we need to vote on November 8th. That's coming up. Charles Payne coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. All right, Charles Payne, again, a a man that I highly respect in terms of his ability to analyze what's going on economically and then be able to explain it in relatively uh, simple but straightforward terms. He's, he's gifted in that way, in my opinion. Uh, he was on Fox & Friends with Steve Ducey yesterday morning, Monday morning, and <laughs> he, he pulled no punches, uh, and I think we need to listen to what he has to say. And, and again, you're welcome to disagree with him, but... Again, my friends, I listen to a variety of different opinions every day. I listen to different networks. I think it's very important to listen to uh, people that may disagree with our perspectives because sometimes there's a nugget that's important to note. You don't see uh, the opposition. You don't see the woke culture doing that at all. They are absolutely not interested in listening to anyone else. Uh, But I, I think that's important. So one of the one of the people that I've uh, I've heard many times and I'm come to trust is Charles Payne. Uh, again, uh, talking with Steve uh, Ducey, this was yesterday, Monday morning, October third, and he was very plain about the fact that we're in deep wahooey. The carnage that is building up. Under the surface, it's mind-boggling. No one, no one even talks about it. This is the worst year ever for money in this country. I'm telling you, the stock market, ever. the bond market, I think, well, certainly it's the first time that stocks and bonds have gone down this much. Mm-hmm. All in, we're talking trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars have been, have been erased. Have been erased. Savings have gone from 26% to 5%. We are on the precipice of something really awful. Now you've got uh, higher costs for money. So this gets you your mortgages, right? You're up over 300 bucks in the last six weeks, but almost 1000 bucks in the last year. Yeah. 
So there we go. In his opinion, worst year for money issues in the United States of America. He's painting a pretty dismal picture there, isn't he? Well, have you looked at your bills recently? Have you looked at your receipts? I do a lot of our shopping for groceries. I'm not a big shopper. I not not one of my talents. My wife is is a better shopper. And and she has the patience to do that. Me, my idea of shopping is all right, so we need uh well, let's since it's Taco Tuesday, we need tortillas. So fine, I go in there, I make a beeline for the tortillas, I throw them in the basket and I check out. I need uh, I need a switch, a light switch at Home Depot. I walk in there, I pick up the light switch, pay for it, and I leave. To to be a really good shopper, though, you, there's this wandering around, and I'm not being critical. It's just I don't have that talent. I remember early on. I'll get back to Charles Payne in a minute. Don't worry. I remember <laughs> early in our marriage. Uh, Lori and I might have been when we were engaged, actually. Lori and I were in a high-end place. I can't remember what it was, but she was shopping for something. And a a bunch of us husbands were sitting around, right, waiting for our wives to finish their uh, shopping thing. And my wife called out, Honey? And seven guys immediately answered all at the same time, Yes? They were all, all trained very well. All right, let's go back, uh, Charles Payne. And remember that thing called the American Dream? You remember that? Be quite frank with you, the American Dream is just about over for such a wide swath of people, particularly young Americans. So uh, we're, in, we're in a financial crisis that unfortunately is getting so little coverage, so little media coverage. This is awful. Combination of inflation, lingering runaway inflation, and then the recessionary pressures that are on folks. This is the ugliest one-two punch you can imagine, and it is crushing Americans. I mean, really, it is crushing people out there. It is crushing people out there. Do you think, and it's policies that are doing that, It is not COVID-19 that is doing it. Vladimir Putin is not doing it. It is public policies in California and in Washington, D.C. that are killing the economy. You have to say, well, do they just not know that their policies don't work? I have come to the conclusion they do know what they're doing, and they're doing it on purpose. Either that or they are so naive, uh, I, I don't believe they can be that naive. I really don't. I, I think they're doing it on purpose because they want to do away with what is and replace it with something else. And I don't want to see what that something else is. I don't know about you, but in 35 days, we need to make a stand. All right, final thought here from Charles Payne. And he he was talking about electric cars, and he, he, he had an experience with an autonomous vehicle. Here's his comment. I was in Detroit like three or four years ago, and I rode in an autonomous car, and I was told that the technology is there. They go in five phases. We're in between three and four. The hardest part is getting us to accept, getting inside of a car with no steering wheel, no brake, right? We're not there yet, to his point. Right. 
But what California wants to do, and pretty soon New York and perhaps the entire nation has forced you to do this, make you buy it, make it illegal for you to buy an, a gas-powered car, because in 2035, after that, you can't even buy a brand-new car that takes gasoline in California. But how dumb is this? How crazy is it to think you're going to have the infrastructure there? This is the same state a month ago that asked people not to charge their EVs. What if everyone had an EV? Yeah. Would you have to go a week, a month during a crisis without charging it? Yeah. This is crazy. We have sacrificed ourselves on this side of the Atlantic and the other side of the Atlantic for this green utopia, and it is killing the average person in America. It is killing the average person in America economically. And, and my friends, you have to see it. You have to see it at the gas pump. You have to see it when you check out at, at a market. You have to see it when you walk in and, and uh, into a retail store and you buy things that you used to buy and you notice it's way more than it, than it used to be. And before we uh, break here for a moment for uh, news, weather, and traffic, there's this other law I don't understand. Uh, Governor Newsom signed a law now to make it legal to jaywalk. Yeah, it begins in January. So you no longer have to be in an intersection to cross the street as long as it's safe. You can, you can cross anywhere. What an idiotic decision. You'll only be ticketed if there's an immediate danger of a crash. Probably means you're dead or maimed at that point. And what's the reason for this? Well, they're hoping that this will encourage us to walk for health and for environmental reasons. What a bunch of baloney. Can't. Do you, you don't believe this, do you? Mike Douglas Show, back in five minutes, and we'll take a look at some more of the new California laws and get an update on that killing spree in Stockton. All coming up on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. And we are here on National Taco Tuesday I understand. So uh, immediately after signing off today, I shall be leaving the clandestine Mike Douglas Show Studios, heading uh, for the uh, home kitchen and preparing my signature uh, tacos for my wife and myself. Want to uh, give you an update that we got today on those shootings up in Stockton. Have you been following that? Very mysterious. This is the, this is the stuff of which uh, TV crime dramas are made, really. So apparently, a murder in the San Francisco Bay Area in Oakland is now possibly connected to a serial killer. And you remember last week, uh, Stockton PD was reluctant to say it was a a serial killer, but apparently there's some new information. They're saying, police are saying, a man gunned down last year in Oakland was actually the first victim 
of this possible serial killer. A couple of days later, a woman in Stockton was shot, but she survived, did not die. But five other men have been killed in Stockton since July, all men and just miles apart. And the only lead the police had is a, and you may have seen this, kind of a grainy photo uh, of a, a dark-clad person. And the reward, by the way, is now up, I think, to $95,000, hoping that someone will, will help them with this. Apparently, ballistics tests have linked the fatal shootings of the men in Sacramento and the woman uh, in California uh, with that uh, that incident in in Oakland. So the five men in Stockton slain in recent months, ambushed, shot to death, alone in the dark. Oh, Stockton PD is now saying, well, we have two additional cases from last year, this man that was shot to death in Oakland and this woman who survived a shooting in Stockton. Police Department saying it, it definitely meets the definition of a serial killer. What makes a difference is the shooter is looking for an opportunity, and unfortunately the victims were alone in dark areas. None of the men, by the way, were robbed or beaten before the killings. And it took place within a radius of just a few square miles between July 8 and September 27, just a few days ago. There don't appear to be any connections with the victims at all. None appear to have known each other. And they don't seem to be, uh, the shootings are not related to gangs or drugs. So now the shooting of the 46-year-old woman, that was back on April 16, 2021, around 3.20 in the morning. And she was alone at the time. And then this 40-year-old man in Oakland that they're tying to this, he was shot to death around 4.15 a.m. on April 10. So it was about six days before the woman was shot. So Crime Stoppers in Stockton and apparently a local construction company uh, have offered a total of $95,000 for information leading to the arrest of the person in the the slayings. And remember that all they have is this grainy still image of a person of interest. Uh, He's dressed all in black. I say he could be a woman, don't know. And apparently this uh, figure appears in videos from several of the homicide crime scenes in Stockton. Do you, uh, let me ask you, do you, have you changed the way that you walk at night, that you visit places? Has the increase in crime as we've seen the, the images from places like New York and Pennsylvania and Chicago, Stockton, and even some stories from Modesto. I have. Are you changing your mo a little bit? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Are you changing the way you do what you do because of these acts of violence? And why do we have them? I believe one of the reasons is we have made crime acceptable in our culture. We have made it acceptable. And uh, we have had DAs, and you can name them, Jason Bodine, 
George Goscone and others who have said too many people in jail, they're not being treated right, and they're not prosecuting people. My friends, it's all about expectations. I don't know if you have had children or not, but what we learned early on is children tend to rise to the level of your expectations, and if you don't provide expectations, they invent their own. <laughs> and uh, we, we, have, we were blessed and have been blessed and are blessed with two wonderful children. But we established boundaries. There was discipline. Didn't have to do it a lot because they were both very intelligent and understood why we need discipline. But there are a lot of young people in our world today who don't have any discipline at home. In fact, they have exactly the opposite. They have a permissive environment where anything goes. And then society says, no, you don't even have to post bail. And we'll, we'll get you out. We won't even detain you in a in a, a jail facility. Don't even have to post bail. You just sign this promise to appear and everything's fine. We tell now millions of illegal immigrants coming over the border, it's okay to break the law in the United States of America. We know that many of the places that you're coming from, uh, there, there are the dictators make the law. And, and you're, you're under the thumb of dictators. So come here. We don't have laws here. We'll, we'll pay for your health care. We'll pay for your education. In fact, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you midnight flights to wherever you want to go, said Joe Biden, and he did. See, so we've created this diminished level of expectation for people. And when you have diminished levels of expectation, people do invent their own. And it's, it's no longer we're going to enforce the law because that's mean. That's not acknowledging the trauma that these folks may have had in their lives. Well, what about the trauma of the victims? You see, they're, they're turning the rule of law upside down. But I'll tell you, It's really important if doctors and medical professionals disagree with the state of California, that's a law we can't break. In fact, we're going to yank their medical licenses and maybe worse. You see how hypocritical this all is? You see the, the element of selective enforcement, which we talk so much about? It is just absolutely astounding but what's amazing to me, and, and my wife had an experience uh, this weekend talking to uh, someone she was uh, working with, and this person is a very intelligent, level-headed person. Had no idea some of these laws that Governor Newsom was passing. Had no idea that Governor Newsom was out of his campaign funds, paying for billboards in the rest of the country, inviting people to come to California to have their abortions. No idea that California is saying, come here and we will make it absolutely legal for medical practitioners 
to cut the male organs off of children if they want to become female, to cut the breasts off of women if they want to become men at an early age. And and in fact, if the parents don't agree, we'll take the children away from the parents and we will silence the parents and we will make sure those children's ha- children have the right to have themselves legally mutilated. This lady had no idea that was going on. There are people living in bubbles out there. I don't want to listen to the news. It's all bad. Well, then you're part of the problem. Really? And I don't mean to be mean at all. But our our society is slipping off a cliff. And if we're not part of the answer, then we're part of the problem. And we must take a stand. And I, I applaud those of you who have been reading up and researching and saying, whoa, this is not right, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. Good for you. It's, we need to do that. As American citizens, that's part of our responsibility. So what adjustments have you made in your life in response to the violence that is now so pervasive in our culture. What have you done that's different? What are you doing that's different? I talk a lot about situational awareness. You've got to be looking around and seeing what's what's going on. Let's go to the phones very quickly. 209-551-3483, our number, and Nancy from Modesto. Nancy, what's on your mind today? Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Michael, for such an excellent show. Um, I hope many, many people are listening. I, I, I certainly recommend it to everyone I know. Um, you're very fair in your uh, questions. You're very fair in how you speak with other people that call in, and with me too. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, I am very, very pro-law. Uh, rules. Uh, Without rules, there is chaos. And right now we are entering a very severe period of chaos, something that I have never experienced in my rather long life. And um, as far as the way I conduct myself in the evenings, I stay home. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I did go to the uh, Gallo Theater to uh, see a show recently, and... um, and she was a great performer, and I went with a girlfriend, and we were very, very cautious, and it did did fine, because there are a lot of people going, a lot of people leaving, but I am just so worried that for our society and what's going to happen, and as you say, when the doctors aren't allowed to express their opinion, but others are allowed to escape, or not be released from jail, and cause bodily harm or kill. Uh, But that's okay, evidently, but don't let those doctors say anything because, oh, that might be just terrible against what the um, rulers believe. So anyway, Michael, I I wish I had a little more intelligence to say more, but I know that as as a person who has lived in Modesto, California, almost entirely since 1950, I am very concerned about our 
country and our society and our city. So thank you for your wonderful program, and keep it up. Call in, everybody. (laughs) We'll do that, Nancy. Well said, well articulated. Thank you so much. Mike Douglas' show continues here in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the Voice of the Valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Been talking about the update from Stockton PD. It appears uh, there may be a serial killer at work, uh, not only in Stockton, but also uh, a first killing uh, perhaps in Oakland. Uh, Back in 2021, ballistics linking uh, many of those together. We've been talking about safety. Do you feel safe? What are you doing these days? Have you adjusted your life because of worries about the violence that's increasing in our culture? Let's uh, go to the phones very quickly. 209-551-3483. Ed from Lodi. What are your thoughts, Ed? Well, um... You know, I, I hearken back to a time when we didn't even lock our front doors or our cars. And uh, it, uh, it's, a long, it's a long time uh, since then. But, um, you know, I have done some things just around, you know, there's different ways that, uh, you know, I've changed over the years. I'm a lot more aware on uh, many different levels than I ever used to be. Uh, for example, I have an alarm on my house, which was something that I didn't have as of about maybe three years ago. I started doing that, and I'm kind of careful, and I have some items like that I take with me in my car. They're not like uh, lethal weapons, but they're defense mechanisms, defense things that I have with me, and I I try to you know, be aware, situationally aware and I often, if if there's some event that I want to go to, I usually go with another person rather than just simply by myself. And um, I have had some training in some things. Uh, I feel like that's something I want to do more of. But uh, around my house, I, I keep everything pretty careful. I have cameras and things like that. So, you know, it's a different world now. And even on uh, the cyber, you know, cyber side of things, um, you know, I'm, you, you have to be very careful. I know that's different than what we're talking about in Stockton, but you know, your your identity and and just your vulnerability to some kind of of devastating fraud that could occur to you is is everywhere. And and I'm even careful about you know that they have cameras on on things like phones and and uh, computers unless I really want to use it. I cover them up. You know, there's all kinds of things like that. And I just try to try to keep myself um, on the alert and uh, and yet at the same time you know I'm not I'm not trying to be worried about it um, I think you know that's not a healthy way to live um, but I definitely think I'm careful outside what I say and do just because you just don't know how somebody's going to react to you even in a normal quote normal situation so anyway um, uh, so that's that you know it's it's just a totally different world than than it was, you know, 50 years ago. So, um, unfortunately, I hope that someday we return to some more sanity. <laughs> I don't know. I think we need to calm uh, our situation as a country and as a world before, you know, we'll feel more of that again, I think. But uh, anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm at. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the uh, one of the principles you brought up is is so important, and that is situational awareness. Uh, I see I see so many people with their uh, faces buried in their iPhones. Anytime we're out in public today, I recommend put the iPhone in the pocket, uh, put it somewhere where you can't see it, and leave it there because we must be looking around. We must be watching what's going uh, uh, around. And uh, and Ed, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. I, I think the other thing that we need to remember in these circumstances is the first rule is avoidance. The first rule of good defense is avoidance. In other words, if there's a possibility to avoid an encounter, if there's a possibility to avoid uh, a situation that you know where your gut says something's not right here, uh, avoid it. Now, having said that, if I see someone being attacked and I have the wherewithal to stop that attack, I'm going to do that. Now, if if I don't have that capability and I'll just add to the problem, that's a different situation. But uh, generally, if someone looks very suspicious, uh, I will avoid. Uh, when I park, if I have to park somewhere at night, I always park under a light. And I try to park with my car heading out so I can make a fast exit, if at all possible. I don't want to be boxed in. So there are things that we just, because of the way things are today, we just have to notice what's happening around us and do things. As Ed said, we may not like having to do it. There may be a day when we don't have to do it as much. Uh, but we're in a situation today where watching what's going around us is absolutely important and not a good idea to have our faces buried in a cell phone. Coming up, we'll be talking to Joan Clendenin about measures H and G in Modesto. Coming right up. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get down to business back here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. In the next uh, 35 days leading up to November 8, we will continue to look at state issues. We'll look at candidates and we'll also look at local and regional issues as well. For those of you in the Modesto area, you'll have two measures on your ballot, measures G and measures H. And Joan Clendenin is one of the uh, the best analysts I know when it comes to this kind of thing. And uh, Joan is visiting with us. Joan, thanks for calling in today. Appreciate you being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Joan, let's uh, let's take it out of alphabetical order because I think Measure H is probably uh, the, the more of a lightning rod uh, than, than the other. So let's start with that. Give us a thumbnail sketch right. of what Measure H is about and your assessment of it. Well, Measure H is um, a change to the city charter uh, that would uh, provide uh, the city with a 1% sales tax uh, that they profess to use for 
uh, police and fire, gang, drug, crime prevention, uh, paramedics, 9-11, and some other issues like homelessness and cleaning up the streets. And uh, there's a, a, a prospect of about $74 million needed to spruce up our city parks. Uh, uh, the problem I have with this measure is, uh, no, number one, uh, <clears throat> the mail that's gone out on it, both feature, one features a fire truck and fireman, the other is a police car and policeman, uh, which leads voters to believe that the, this money's going for uh, police and fire, when in reality it's a general rule it's a general measure which means that this city council or future city councils can spend this money any way they choose uh the other problem i have with it is that it goes on forever uh someone would have to qualify a separate ballot measure and get it uh passed in order to take it off the books um uh uh uh, a more honest way of doing it would have been to have a specific tax. Um, and I understand why they did the general instead of the specific, because the specific requires a six and two-thirds uh, vote of the electorate in order to pass. And for a general measure, they only need 50% plus one. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're sort of telling half-truths about this. And I, I just don't see in this high inflation environment that we're in, uh, where everything's gone up so much and, and wages haven't caught up with it, um, that uh, I, I just don't see uh, that it's a good idea or that the timing was all wrong uh, to put this on the ballot. And the method they're using, I believe, is questionable. Joan, I, I think your last uh, or next to last comment is very important, and, and, and that is the timing of it, although there's probably never a good time, as far as the public's concerned, uh, to have an increase in a tax. But as we look at the, the economy right now and, and so many people just being so frustrated and having to cut back, I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be an even harder sell now on Measure H than it was when it was first conceived? Well, you know, the polling for this was done in, oh, it was done before June, if, if memory serves me right. And, uh, you know, things were starting to get a little shaky then, but they've really fallen apart now. I mean, look what's happening with the stock market. Um, and especially, you know, the the voting hemisphere in a uh, uh, is uh, predominantly uh, older Americans, 50 and older, and they're the ones that are going to see uh, the stock market stuff in their 401ks and their retirement accounts. Uh, and the cost of living has gone up just so much. I just think that, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just the worst possible time. There's no really good time for a tax cut uh, for a tax increase, uh, but they just flopped into a real bad period. 
Now, of course, and, and understand uh, the other side saying, well, our, our budgets are tight and we need to pay for police and fire. But I think, uh, you know, the interesting point that you made really is when we, if they pass this Measure H, basically the there, there needs to be a trust developed with the city that they will actually use those funds for what it's designed to do. Now, my question is, what? and, and you mentioned the fact there's no sunset date on this. There's no end of it uh, unless you have another measure. So my question is, as we go through attrition on the city council, will new people coming in be true to the intent of Measure H? That's something that that we don't know, right? Well, uh, listen, let me give you another example. Uh, Measure M in 2008 passed by over 68% of the voters. But this city council is now recommending Measure G, which basically undoes almost everything that was passed by that huge majority of voters just uh, a few years ago. So city councils are, uh, there are independent entities. I mean, you know, the city council was there four years ago is different than the city council that's there today and the city council that's going to be there two years and four years from now is different again. Um, and they can have different priorities. Um, uh, uh, you know, I listen, I understand they want to fix up the parks. I understand they want to clean the streets. I understand they want to help the homeless. Um, but I just, I just think they're going about it the wrong way. You, me- you mentioned Measure G, which alphabetically comes before H, but I wanted to make sure we addressed H first. Uh, let's talk a little more in detail about Measure G and this whole issue of the city auditor. Can you provide some context to that, some background for Measure well, G? Well, yeah. Uh, well, in, in Measure M, uh, the city auditor uh, is selected by the city council. And uh, they want to change it uh, to have a, a hire a headhunter and have the headhunter go out and, find, and, and vet the candidates, and then the city council votes for the one they want to hire. Well, uh, you know, again, you're talking uh, uh, about something that the city council ultimately does. They ought to vet. They ought to vet, or the city manager should vet uh, the, the uh, uh, people who want to serve as city auditor. And, and then ultimately, whether this passes or the, or the previous measure stays in place, the city council is going to make the appointment, so I don't. I, I think it's a distinction without a difference. Very much appreciate your analyses uh, on those, Joan. I'm going to throw you a curve here very quickly uh, before we uh, have All to right. hit a, a break here. Uh, and I'm I know we didn't prepare for that today. We've spent a lot of time uh, in past weeks talking about. 
uh, Prop 26 and 27. Uh, we've talked about the differences. I just saw a new poll that basically is saying statewide, neither one uh, looked to be very popular amongst uh, Californians, again, dealing with uh, gambling issues. Do you have any uh, kind of a, a summary read on those two prop- propositions and whether you yeah, think they'll pass? I have actually read. I've actually read both of them and looked at the pro and con arguments, and there's pretty much universal uh, opinion that it's just a bad idea. Um, you know, I, personally, I, I'm even against the lottery. I don't, I don't think the government ought to be encouraging gambling. And although the Indian reservations are a separate entity from the state government, um, it's still promoting gambling. And I, I, I just think, uh, and there are some serious questions about how um, you would prevent minors, especially with 27, with the online voting, I mean, uh, online uh, betting, and, you know, if, if you watch football these days, there's encouragement for betting on the cut line at the bottom of the, of the, uh, uh, of the program. And I, I, I just think it's a bad idea. And I, and I agree with the uh, polling. Uh, my sense is that they will both fail. I... I tend to agree with you on that, Joan. And I, again, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not a gambler. Uh, I'm like you. I'm not really enamored uh, of it. But I, I understand, you know, what the proponents are trying to say. But I, I don't know right now that California uh, really is uh, is supportive of what they're trying to do on on either one of those. Joan, you've you've done well, a. Uh, the- there, there is, there is some history with competing measures on the ballot. The voters get confused and vote no. Mm. And I think good that's point. what's happening. <coughs> Excuse me. Very good point. <coughs> In fact, it got me all choked up, Joan. Your point was so good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Joan. And I know we'll be talking to you uh, in the not too distant future about some of these other measures and propositions All right. Thank as well. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us. Joan Clendenin, appreciate your analysis very much. Hey, my friends, we've got an update on that kidnapping uh, down in Merced. I will give you the update in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, This just in, this from the Merced Sun Star. Uh, They're reporting, we talked to you earlier today about this kidnapping, uh, very suspicious and and, uh, heart-tugging issue down in um, in Merced. Remember, it involved uh, an eight-month-old, her mother, her father, and an uncle. 
Well, apparently, according to the to the uh, Merced Sun Star, a 48 year old man is now in custody in connection with the kidnapping uh, of that family. The uh, suspect is Jesus Manuel Salgado, 48 years old, uh, been identified as a person of interest in the investigation. Uh, They received information that one of the victim's ATM cards was used at an ATM located at a bank in Atwater, apparently. You know, that... uh, do, 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 Do crooks not watch crime shows on television you use other people's atm cards they're going to track where you are anyway apparently uh, mr salgado prior to uh, law enforcement attempting to uh, engage with him attempted to take his own life Uh, he is now receiving medical attention and in critical condition according to the sheriff's office so it sounds like he made a suicide attempt perhaps as uh, police were attempting to take him into custody. Uh, The sheriff's office, it says, with the help of several law enforcement agencies, they're continuing to look uh, for all the four kidnapped victims. They have not yet been located, apparently, which is is worrisome. But apparently they do have a, a person of interest who was using an ATM card, apparently, uh, from one of the victims of that kidnap. So we will uh, we will keep our eyes on that. Uh, at least there's a person of interest, a possible suspect, uh, that they're looking at uh, this point. Uh, again, down in Merced, a uh, kidnap that we reported earlier today. So I want to get back to our, our question for you. <laughs> Given this kidnapping uh, given the violence that we see today, are you are you doing things differently? Are you not going for walks like you used to? Are you not going out at night? Are, are you not taking the strolls that you used to? What are you doing in response to what seems to be a, a heightened level of violence in some of these random attacks? Our phone number here, 209-551-3483-209. 5513483 also want to provide you the opportunity uh, to react to our discussion about measures G and H with Joan Clendenin she did an excellent job of analyzing what the intent of each one is and her opinion uh, about whether they are uh, viable or not again our phone number here 209-551-3483 209551 Three four eight three. Been talking about today, amongst other things, laws that Governor Newsom has signed. Apparently, and I mentioned this briefly, you can now jaywalk when it's safe. The whole point, <laughs> the whole point of laws against jaywalking, are to keep people safe to not do it. So it's really counterintuitive to have a law saying you can jaywalk as long as it's safe. It is unsafe to jaywalk. That's why the law was brought forth in the first place. Unbelievable. I just don't understand the governor's mind, and I don't want to get into his mind. But I just, so, so apparently, 
as I said, you'll only get ticketed if you're jaywalking if there's an immediate danger of a crash. Well, if that's the case, you're probably dead or severely wounded. And while you're dead or severely wounded, I guess we'll we'll give you a ticket for jaywalking because you didn't do it safely. This is, uh, uh, and, and, and the sponsor apparently hopes it will encourage us to walk for health and environmental reasons. The whole idea of the law was to protect pedestrians. Law, at its very essence, law is constraint upon behavior. Why do we have constraint upon behavior? That's for the safety and the well-being of the individual and society as a whole. This is just so counterintuitive, it boggles my mind. And tomorrow, amongst other things, we'll be taking a look at the new laws, a lot of the other laws that Governor Newsom has signed. Let's see, the legislature sent him 1,166 bills to consider. I cringe when the Sacramento legislature, the Senate and the Assembly, start their new sessions because I know that we're going to have a bunch of new laws and bills that will just be counterproductive. So out of the 1,166 bills to consider, he signed 997 of them, almost 1,000, and he vetoed only 169. So does that make you feel good? We have 997 new laws in California. Isn't that comforting? And one of them is, beginning in January... You can jaywalk if it's safe. And that that not only affects the jaywalkers, that affects those of us who are driving. So here it is, twilight, people jaywalking. Unbelievable. Governor Newsom, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Well, we'll do some good thinking tomorrow when the Mike Douglas Show returns from 3 to 5 p.m., here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a wonderful night, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 3.